This is the Addiction Support Podcast, episode number 23. Hi, Oak Creek Wellness family. Welcome to Addiction Support Podcast, where I talk with inspiring people who share their knowledge and experience of addiction and what's working for them. This is addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker. Welcome back to the Addiction Support Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about food addiction and binge eating and a whole host of things. So binge eating is not something that I personally feel like I've had a struggle with, but um, I definitely do struggle with eating healthy. I, like a lot of people, like things that aren't as good for me. So in this episode, you're going to hear Dr. Glenn Livingston take me on a just a completely impromptu coaching session. And we talk about my desire to eat more vegetables because I know that they're healthy and good for me. And yet they haven't always been something that I've loved. And I can say that I don't think I've ever craved a vegetable. Um, He takes me through a very interesting coaching session though. And we recorded this. I don't have the date in front of me. I think we recorded this a few weeks ago. There has not been a day that has gone by since recording this that I have not eaten at least four servings of vegetables. And I am finding myself craving and wanting vegetables. And I just had a smoothie that I put um, some kind of a green leafy thing in that I've never eaten before. This stuff works. I actually, I'll put a picture of myself holding the book. If you come back to the show notes, addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash episode 22. Um, I ordered his book when we got off the phone because I found it so fascinating. So I'm certainly I'm currently still reading the book. However, I'm sure by the time this podcast airs, I probably will have read it at least once. Um, But I got to be honest with you guys, his uh, approach is a little bit different than what you may have heard before. So it's pretty fascinating. And if food isn't your thing, maybe there's something else that's your thing, but maybe you can apply it to that. So give you a little bit of intro. Dr. Glenn Livingston is a psychologist and you may have seen him in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, or the New York Daily News. He's researched the nature of overeating for decades and self-funded a study with over 40,000 participants. So this is not a new thing. He's actually gone through and proven that it works. Uh, Today, Glenn shares his personal journey out of obesity and provides practical tips to stop overeating quickly. I love this episode. We're switching it up a little bit. I hope that you guys appreciate it and learn something. Come back to the show notes. I have some valuable links for you as far as like where you can find more on Dr. Glenn and his book. Yeah, comment in the sections below and let me know what you guys think. Encouraging, inspirational, and life-changing content that makes a difference. Created specifically for you by oakcreekwellness.com. Dr. Glenn Livingston is our guest today. Dr. Livingston, thank you so much for being on the Addiction Support Podcast. I'm excited to be here, and please call me Glenn. Okay, absolutely, Glenn. So I I gave our listeners a little tease about who you are and what you're about, but can you share a little bit more about your background and why weight loss? Well, I am a psychologist by training. And I spent um, 
many years working with couples and families. And um, in the early years of my practice, I actually refrained from working with weight loss clients to the point that I would specifically refer people out if that was their primary presenting concern um, because I had a food problem. And it was not unusual for me to be sitting with a patient and wondering when the session was going to be over so I could run out and eat a whole pizza or go to the delicatessen and dislodge my jaw and empty it all into into it like a snake. Um, I, I had a food problem. I, I was what you might call in my youth an exercise bulimic, um, meaning that I never could get myself to stick my finger down my throat, but I really like food and I like to exercise. And when I was young, I had plenty of time to do that. I'm, I'm six, four and kind of muscular. And so I, it takes an awful lot for me to gain weight. Um, as long as I'm exercising hard, but as I started to take on a practice and I got married and I had adult responsibilities, I couldn't be spending you know, two hours in the gym every day or going, you know, hiking all the time. And, and, um, you know, and I had other things that I really wanted to accomplish in my life, but I found it very difficult to stop eating anyway. And it seemed like there was something desperately wrong with being a psychologist. And I, I was doing really good work with couples and, you know, adolescents and even suicidal people. But, um, I, I was really obsessed with food. My, I felt like my life was between patients, my life was mostly about food, and it just seemed wrong, and the weight started to come on, and my triglycerides jumped to an astronomical level, and my doctor started yelling at me. Um, and so, you know, it's a little embarrassing, but I, I um, you know, I, I had tried just about everything. Um, I spent several years in Overeaters Anonymous, and I saw my own psychologists, and I tried taking some supplements and then even some medication for a while and I just couldn't get over the food obsession um, and it wasn't until really about 10 years ago that I kind of figured it out for myself and it figured it out in, a, in an unusual and different way which is is not for everyone um, and it's it's somewhat um, in some ways it's somewhat at odds with the standard recovery um, standard recovery treatments that are available, which is which is why I call it coaching and education rather than psychological treatment. So even though I am a doctor, I'm actually talking to you today here as, as a coach and an educator um, because uh, my my profession has a little different opinion about how to go about treating an eating disorder. Um, and, you know, once I did figure it out, I thought there would be nothing better than to help other people to figure it out as well. Um, and I started, oriented my life more and more in that direction. And I wrote a book and um, started working with people directly about that. And I'm happy to say I've had a lot of success. So um, that's, that's, why, that's why food. That's why food. The one piece I left out, Melissa, was yep. that uh, along the way, uh, because we don't have kids and we don't commute. We, my, my wife is... Um, my wife was a focus group moderator. She still is. And for those of you that don't know what a focus group is, you know, if Lipton or um, Kraft or Polio or someone wants to figure out what, to, how to do the packaging or, you know, if this flavor is better than that flavor, they'll organize groups all over the country and people will 
sit behind a one-way mirror figuring out what the packaging should look like. And Sharon is the one that conducts those interviews. And I started doing a certain type of consulting for those type of clients as well, um, having to do with the psychological motivation to to purchase. And over the years, I became, um, I mean, I, I think we did really good work and we helped the companies, you know, a lot. But I actually started to feel guilty because there were things that the company would do which would be really more in the direction of profit than health. And um, I, let me just say, I, I got a really good sense of how the food industry works and what we're really all up against. And it's it's a very, I think that a food addiction is a very special kind of addiction because with alcohol or drugs, um, society respects you if you abstain, right? They mm. kind of understand some people shouldn't drink and um, and they respect you. But with food... There's so much encouragement to overindulge, and there's so much, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so you you kind of feel like you're an outcast when you start to eat healthy. And something else that's coming up for me, like we have options, right? We don't have to take drugs or drink in order to live. We still have to eat in order to stay alive. So it's different in that way. You, you have to take the lion out of the cage and walk him around the block three times a day at minimum, right? <laughs> Exactly. I love the alternative approach because if the traditional stuff worked, then we wouldn't have the epidemic that we have in the U.S. today and probably worldwide. Um, And I also personally, like when I take advice from somebody, I want to know that they've been there and they've overcome it. So I really love and appreciate the fact that you shared that, that that was something that you've overcome yourself because I think that that's huge. That makes a big difference. I, I'm not sure if there's anybody that's eaten more than me in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> there might be, but that's a good, that's a, that's a sales point, right? Fair claim to fame, yeah. So why are overeating, stress eating, and binge eating so prevalent in our culture today? Well, I mean, I, I bet you can't have just one, right? right. I, I bet you can't have just one. The, the, I saw a study that indicated that from the time where little children are exposed to about 5,000, I can't remember the exact number, but about 5,000 messages about food over the course of a year. And not one of them is trying to get them to have whole fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's one, that's one part. The other part is that the food industry has worked very hard and they've got billions of dollars on their side to do research to figure out how to press our evolutionary buttons. How, how do we get the most amount of calories into the smallest space? Um, in many cases, even removing the vitamins and minerals to make it taste better, and then arranging the packaging so that it looks delicious and appealing and fools us. So um, we get these tremendous hits of, uh, of calories and you know sugar, fat, oil, and salt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we get these tremendous hits of those in a very small space, often for not that much money, um, and we're still missing the nutrition. So this flood of really toxic substances goes into our body, um, which makes us fat, but then we still have to eat, right? Like, like I mean, if you, you can't really live on chocolate bars, 
Right. Right to have 2,000 calories of chocolate bars in a day. I mean, first of all, you're not going to sleep that well. <laughs> but um, <laughs> your, your body's going to suffer. You, your body's going to keep telling you that you have to eat something nutritious. It's, it's going to search for phytonutrients somewhere, somehow, some way. Um, you know, and, and, and so there's this overwhelming amount of advertising and programming that says you, we, you will be assimilated. You, we, you will eat all this ultra-condensed garbage that is going to taste delicious and kind of hijack your survival drive and make you feel like you can't live without it. Um, and then you're made to feel embarrassed if you try to eat healthy. Um, and there's a lot of social pressure, even, even not blaming the food industry. Um, but, you know, try going to a Christmas dinner and mostly eating fruit and vegetables at the Christmas dinner and you're going to um, you're going to encounter the social pressure head on, right? Yeah. Like, come on, a little's not going to kill you. And oh, grandma made the sweet potato pie. And, um, you know, and I, and I, I actually do think, Melissa, that there's room for people to enjoy industrialized societal treats. I, I mean, I think they can be very enjoyable. And I don't want to come off like a, you know, like a preacher or a, very stern school teacher saying nobody should eat that stuff. I, as a matter of fact, in the book, I really tell people to make their own food plans and I'm not trying to preach any one particular way of eating. Um, but I think people need to know what they're doing when they do that. You know, just, just the same way is that if you really, you want to sm smoke a couple of cigarettes a year, well, th that's okay if you're someone who can do that. If you don't get addicted and you can really do that. And there are people who can do that. Right. Um, I certainly couldn't. But if you want to do that, then... Don't pretend it's healthy because that, that's where you get in trouble. If you're right, right? If, if you're eating things that you think are healthy and they're really not healthy, um, that's where you get in the most trouble. So that's what I'm up to. That's great. I'll have to pick up that book. I'm going to order that book today when we get off here. Sure. Um, so we talked a little bit already about what makes you qualified. However, I was wondering if you have any stories or a specific story about a patient that you've been able to help with this already. Oh, I have a, um, th there are a lot of clients, and again, I call them um, coaching clients as opposed to patients because okay. I'm, not tr I'm not treating them. Um, there are clients. As a matter of fact, on my blog at Never Binge Again, I have a lot of recorded case studies, um, which you can listen to in full. If you'd like to hear me coach them live, you can you hear recordings of live coaching sessions. But um, yeah, th there are um, people who've come to me and what I usually do in the first session is ask people to identify their single worst trigger. Um, you know, what, what is it that if you could either eliminate it from your life or totally control how you consumed it, that would make the most dramatic difference. And maybe your listeners would like to kind of pause and think about what that might be. And I'd be happy to do this with you if you really wanted me to. Let's do uh, it. Okay. Well, why don't you want to do this live instead? There's nothing like a live example, That'd right? That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, I want you to just take a moment and think about a food or a food behavior that you might like to make a rule that would help you to be healthier with. And let's just talk for one second about the kinds of rules. Okay. Um, I, there are really three classes of rules. One rule would be never. That would be something you want to eliminate from your life between now and the day that you die. You just okay. would be... Um, you know, there's a part of you that would hate to do that, but then there's a part of you that would love to do that. And so one type of rule is a never rule. Like I will never eat chocolate again. 
and I know that kind of sounds like heresy to say in today's culture, but it, <laughs> we can talk about all, all the objections that people have to making those kind of rules, but suppose that is one rule. Another rule could be a conditional rule. Um, maybe you only want to have chocolate on the weekends, or maybe only at social events, or only maybe at birthday parties. So other than birthday parties, I will never have chocolate again, or I will only eat pretzels at Major League Baseball games. And if you think of yourself kind of like a city planner, you want to put in stop signs and traffic lights so that the traffic doesn't, you know, crash into each other at dangerous intersections. But you don't want to put more than you need because the whole point is to keep the traffic moving and maximize the freedom of the citizens. And that's that's kind of what you want to do with your rules. You you want to figure out if there's something that's um something that is troublesome you know, what is the least restrictive rule that you need in order to make things better and avoid the crashes? And sometimes that's eliminating it entirely. Like for me personally, I can't ever, ever have chocolate, but sometimes it's being conditional with it. Or sometimes it's a positive rule. Like I, I always drink six glasses of water every day, or I always have a half pound of leafy green vegetables every day, mm. something like that. Yeah, for me, I think... I want more uh, nutrition for my food, and I want to incorporate more vegetables into my diet. That's something, for whatever reason, I seem to struggle with. So I think that like, I'll always eat four servings of vegetables every day. That would be a good one for me. Would that fit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure, it would. Um, what counts as a serving of vegetables? Oh, that's a good question, huh? <laughs> Let's say a cup of anything raw or a half a cup of anything that's cooked. That's so, uh, like a nutritional vegetable. So I'm not counting like French fries are my, I love French fries. Those don't count as vegetables to me though. Like leafy greens or carrots or um, zucchini, things like that. Okay. So half cup of anything cooked and a full cup of anything raw. Yeah. Seems like a lot to me. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'm just writing this down so I can reference it later. Um, and now, but part of what I do with this technique is to identify two parts of us. There's kind of ourselves, and then there's the alter ego. Um, and your higher self is the part of you that has goals and aspirations and um long-term plans that can pursue them carefully and gradually and, and accomplish amazing things by delaying gratification. Mm -hmm. And then there is um, your alter ego. And some people say that this is my negative thinking self. Some people say this is my inner slacker. Some people say, um, I call it my inner pig. Now, a lot <laughs> of people object to that. So if you don't want to call it your inner pig, you don't have to. But do you have any issues with um, having an alter ego like that and, and taking a look at what the alter ego says as opposed to what you say? I don't have any issues not at all, no. Okay. And what should we call your alter ego? Um, how about my she-devil? <laughs> your she-devil. There you go. I love it. Okay. Okay. Now, what I want you to become very aware of is that when comes to this rule that, that I will always have at least four servings of vegetables every day um, 
and, and I'm going to add a little clause to that that's going to sound a little scary, but then we're going to look at how you feel about that versus how your she-devil feels about that. Okay. I will always have four cups of vegetables every day between now and the day that I die. <laughs> that it's a sounds scary. overwhelming, yeah. It sounds overwhelming, right? But now I, I have a question. Is it more overwhelming to you or to your she-devil? To my she-devil. Like, I know that by doing that, I'm going to give my body the fuel and the nutrition that it needs to live a long, healthy life. My she-devil says, whoa, you don't have the time. Like, it's just easier to pick up a candy bar in the afternoon or whatever, you know, some pretzels and some peanut butter or something like that. Right, okay. So you've identified the first little shriek that the she-devil has. You don't have the time, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're going to deal with every last shriek that the she-devil has to say. But uh, how much time do we have, by the way? As much as you want. Okay, cool. So let's play a little imagination game. Suppose that it's a year from now. And lo and behold, this short little coaching session that we did worked. And you've, you haven't skipped a day. Every single day for the next year, next 365 days, you've had four servings of vegetables without fail. Without fail, without fail, without fail, every single day. What's different in your life a year from now? I believe that I would have more energy, or I have more energy. Um, I just got chills when you explained it like that, too. So I feel like it's it's good. I, I'm healthy. However, I just feel like I would have more energy, and I would probably be six to ten pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into more imaginary world, I think that my skin would be a little bit brighter. Um, it would be easier for me to be calm and centered and happy and and feel more connected. I'm writing this all down. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think that some of my aches and pains, I'm 40, I just turned 40 and I feel like I'm in great health. I love to work out. However, I do get achy in my joints and I feel like some of that would lighten and I would just feel younger as well. So less achy joints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Less achy joints. What, what would you do with the extra energy? Uh, I would probably, I'd play more with my kids. Like they want to go swimming. We live in Arizona, so we're blessed to be able to do that. But sometimes I'd just rather lay around than actually get in and jump in the pool and catch them and stuff. So play more with my kids. Um, Probably be giving back on a bigger level. How? Um, well, one of my one of my goals that I'm working on right now is I have a joint venture and we're creating e-courses for people. Um, and right now I just kind of feel like, oh, limited. Or in the afternoon I get really tired and I take time out to, to go rest or whatever. And I think that I would have more energy to work through instead of taking the time to just go chill out or take a nap or, you know, not be able to focus in the afternoon. Got it. And that would allow you to make more e-courses about addiction to help people? Yeah, more. um, the e-courses are more that we're working on right now are more on helping people that are in their recovery just assimilate back into life. 
go get a job, um, how to communicate with people, like if somebody just came out of prison or something, just how to come back to this world and function in it. Very necessary. I think so, yeah. Very necessary. They're kind of like God's work. Okay. Okay. Um, how else might you enjoy being six to ten pounds thinner? Well, <laughs> um, I would like the way that I looked in my clothes a little bit more. I would feel less self-conscious. Um, I would feel more attractive for my husband. Mm -hmm. I think those things would all be really important. Would your relationship be any different? I don't think so. He loves and adores me, and I feel the same about him. I, I don't think it would be a lot different. However, I'm blessed. That's um, fair. That, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay. And um, what would the impact of being calmer and more centered and more happy be? Well, for my family, they would probably feel more connected to me and like they can come to me with more things. Um, I feel like creativity, creativity, <laughs> that's a hard word to say right now. Um, when I'm able to be calm and centered and grounded, I just have inspired thought and then I'm able to trust my intuition more. So whether I'm, you know, interviewing someone like yourself or speaking in person to somebody, when I'm calm and I'm centered and I'm grounded, I'm allowed to hear the message that I'm supposed to share and I'm able to get my ego out of the way a little bit more. Um, that may be getting a little woo-woo. However, I feel just like I'm able to contribute more when I'm in that space. That, that should be more present. Exactly. More present and connected. Okay. Wonderful. Sir, anything else that would be different a year from now if you have four servings of vegetables every day without fail? Nothing that's coming to mind right now. Okay. Terrific. Okay. What what happens if you don't have four servings of vegetables? What if you keep going along the way that you're going? What's it going to be like next year? Um, I don't think there's going to be a huge impact next year, except that there's going to be that nagging in the back of my mind saying that I should eat more fruits and ve or some more vegetables, and then so that will hold me back. Um. My fear is the compounded impact that it's going to have on my body as I get older. So I don't know that a year is going to make much difference. However, I think the more time goes on, the more of a difference it will make. Um, I'll still feel a little sluggish. I'll have less of an impact, less work done, less e-courses done, not as far along in my business as I'd like to be. Uh you know, not as much energy for my kids and for my husband. Mm -hmm. Great. Kind of the opposite of what? Yeah. yeah. The, the absence of the benefits you talk about if you do this. Okay. Okay. So now let's give your she-devil a chance. Okay. Um, I want to find out from the she-devil why you're not going to be able to do this and why you shouldn't do this. So one thing I know is she says you won't have the time. <laughs> yeah, the time to go to the grocery store, the time to prep the food, uh, the time to take away during the day to go actually make sure that the food enters my body. Uh, you know, there's something that's coming up for me is just, it's not 
that important because it's not as immediate of an impact. I know that's like, I know that's not true, but like, it's kind of like, ah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, I see. The she devil is telling you it's not such a big deal. Yes. <laughs> it's not that important. We have other better things to do. Right. How funny is that, right? Yeah. And what else is she saying? Uh, don't really love the taste of fruits or of vegetables. I keep going back to fruits and vegetables. I have no problem eating fruit. Um, <laughs> don't really love the taste of it. And, you know, I'm, there's not a huge variety that I enjoy. So maybe I get boring. Hmm. You need more variety, right? Yeah. Although, as I'm saying these things, I'm, I used to do green smoothies where I would take veggies and p- put them in a drink, and I could do that. I love that. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I'm going to make a note of that. Yeah. Cool. What else? What What other reasons does your she-devil have that we can't possibly do this? Well, it's just overwhelming to think about doing like that commitment. Like, what if I miss a day? Then I blew it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you with that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's really all that I have that's coming up right now. Okay. So let's go through these one by one. Okay. Um, and what I want you to do in the context of what this really means to you, and hopefully we really fleshed out what, what this means to you, but I want you to jump back into your higher self and think through... Uh, how you might reframe or answer the she-devil. Now, you don't have to always have an answer. You don't have to remember these. You only have to recognize that this is the she-devil speaking, um, and then you can just ignore her. Okay. Okay? I love it. Uh, Yeah. We we used to think that you had to have an answer for every kind of cognitive distortion, but now we know that if you recognize that it is a cognitive distortion, then... The answer can be just like talking to a three-year-old and say, well, because I said so, and that's why. Um, <laughs> but okay, so your she-devil says you can't possibly make the time to go grocery shopping and prepare the vegetables and um, you know find the time to actually eat them. What do you think about that? What's the real answer to that? Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I have the time and, you know, it takes a lot less time to do that than it does to potentially, you know, God forbid, down the road, deal with some type of a disease or cancer or something. So, yeah, I can definitely make the time and I can always, you know, get frozen stuff, too. So it's not like I have to do it every few days. Gotcha. And the other thing that occurs to me is that you're actually losing time to the fatigue and mm, um, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. So the, the she-devil made so you don't have the time, but the truth is you don't have the time not to. Mm. That's, yeah, I have chills throughout my body right now. That is so right on. Cool, okay. Your she-devil says it's really not that important. We've got better things to do. <laughs> yeah. If I'm, you know, not operating at 100%, then there's really nothing better to do. Like, I, going back to the point that you just made, I'm losing the time to fatigue anyway. 
So there's never anything better to do? At, Is that too far? Um, I mean, you know, I'm a mom of a two-year-old, so I would say there's extenuating circumstances potentially. However, it's putting the mask on myself before I can help anybody else. So no, there's, you know, there's really nothing better to do than take care of myself. But you're talking about like if a plane is going down, you put an oxygen mask on yourself first before you yeah. put it on your kids. Yeah. So there, there's always time to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your she-devil says that you hate the way vegetables taste. <laughs> I don't hate the way they taste, but some of them I don't necessarily enjoy. I see. And so what's the answer to that? That there's some that I actually really love and there's others that I can check out and try and I can try different recipes and find others, you know, I don't have to eat the ones that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Cool. Sometimes you can hide them in the green smoothies too, right? Exactly. Yoshi Devil says you need more variety. And I can do that. I can get that. I'm resourceful. I can go to farmer's markets or I can go to different stores. I don't have to shop at the same store every time. You can go on the internet. And she says that it's overwhelming. What if you miss a day? Then then you will have blown it. Yeah. So what comes up for me is if I miss a day of eating four times, you know, vegetables four times, then I miss a day eating vegetables four times. That's, it's better to have the other days that I did do it than to not, not do it at all. Yeah, just like just like if you accidentally knock a teeth out, a tooth out, it doesn't mean you should go get a hammer and knock the rest of them out. Right. <laughs> um, I want to tell you a little story to yeah. help you with that because everybody struggles with this. Um, and you're absolutely right. If you happen to make a mistake, you just resume. If you happen to make a mistake, you just resume. But but what happens is is our our negative thinking selves, our she devils, our inner pigs, they jump on us the moment that a mistake is made to drive home the um, ridiculousness of the plan. Like, so you you can't make this kind of a certain plan. You're, you're too weak. You've never been able to do it before. So your plan doesn't mean anything. You might as well just go and, you know, forget this whole thing and eat some chocolate or whatever it is. And it's kind of a strange thing that we allow ourselves to talk to each or to our, ourselves like this because if you think about how you talk to your kid, if you're trying to help them accomplish a goal, like let's say, do, do you have a daughter or a son? I do. I have two sons and a daughter. How old are they? My oldest is 18 and my daughter is 13 and then I have a little boy that just turned two. Okay. Do you remember when they started riding bicycles? Yes. Now, if one of them when they were five or six years old and was trying to, you know, ride a two-wheeler as opposed to the training wheels and wanted to ride it all the way down the block without stopping. Um, did you, if they happen to stumble and fall, did you say, okay, well, forget it. You'll never make it down the rest of the block. No, not at all. Right. Did you berate them or make them feel bad for not making it? No, we'd never talk to a child like that, right? We encourage them. I, I would encourage them that they can do it. I still to this day with everything they want to do. I'm their biggest fan and encouraging them to keep going. And what you do when you 
set out to encourage them is you tell them to visualize themselves at the end of the block. Yeah. Have, have they been successful accomplishing the goal? And the reason you do that is you want to purge all of the uncertainty and doubt from their mind so they don't get distracted by that and they can focus all their energy on accomplishing the goal. Mm-hmm. And if they happen to make a mistake, you're really sweet, you figure out what went wrong, and then you get up and you encourage them again. Right. And that, that's how we deal with the overwhelmingness about this commitment. We're, we're at one and the same time saying that we are, we're going to be 100% successful. We're going to purge all the doubt and uncertainty from our mind. It's like there's no room in our head for the possibility this won't work. But if it happens not to work, and this is a little secret we keep from our from our she-devils, if it happens not to work, we're just going to get up and do it again. Does that make sense? It does. It makes so much sense. It, <laughs> sometimes we're harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else, aren't we? We really are. We really are. And so, Melissa, how confident are you that every day in between now and the day that you die, you're going to have four servings of, of vegetables? Um, I don't know about every day. However, I feel about 80% confident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where's the other 20% coming from? Just a concern that, it, you know, if I'm traveling or if something else is, comes up that it may not happen. And like for me, I value my word. And so I, for whatever reason, I'm not able to get behind 100% between now and the day that I die. Um, I'm concerned that if I say that and it doesn't happen, then I would be lying. Mm-hmm. You'd be lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you, were, if you were traveling, how would you work it out to get the, how would you work it out to get four servings of vegetables? I mean, I guess if I have to eat at some point, so I just make sure that I order vegetables at that meal. Mm-hmm. Or extra, or whatever I need. Okay. Okay. So, at this point, your she-devil is throwing you for a little bit of a loop. Okay. And this is the part that's very different than um, the traditional way that we're taught to uh, abstain from toxic pleasure. Um. Traditionally, we're taught to do one day at a time. That's really the best you can do because you don't want to lie to yourself and, and you know, progress, not perfection and everything like this. And I, I will totally respect you if you don't want to go any further than this, but I also want you to understand that there is another way if you want to try it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the other way is to, is to think that there are certain commitments that people make with 100% certainty. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, when you say progress, not perfection, it, it kind of means we're going to do it until we don't feel like doing it. Mm. Like, right? We're going to do it until our she-devils get the best of us. And we're saying that they're, they're going to get the best of us sooner or later. And so it's almost like telling that little girl at the starting line who's trying to ride her bike all the way across the, the block that she's not going to make it. Mm. And, and so we adopt a different type of a mindset before we set out on the commitment than if we happen to have made a mistake to, to pick it up. Um, 
And think of it like this. Have you ever heard at a wedding someone make, make a vow that goes something like this? I, you know, I'm about 90% sure that I can be faithful to you forever. But <laughs> No. You know, there sure are a lot of attractive people out there. <laughs> and I, I don't want to lie. I, you want me to be honest. Right? That's funny, but, right? So that there are some situations where we're looking for uh, we're looking for ourselves to be perfectly committed, even though we know we can't be perfect. Right. And and it's it's a little bit of a paradox, and not everybody can accept this. Not everybody can do this. Um, but if you can do it, it can be very powerful. So I, I'm I'm going to leave that to you to decide whether you want to go forward with it or not. But um, that's that's the essence of the never binge again philosophy. The other thing you should understand about it is that the she-devil is always there. The she-devil is connected to your survival drive, and it's been, um, it's been kind of corrupted by industry in a lot of the ways we talked about. And if, if we didn't have a food industry, we wouldn't need to have any kind of food addiction remedies, right? Because right. We'd only have healthy options. <laughs> there, there weren't any recovery groups on the savannah. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so, so the thing that we all have to come to terms with is that the she-devil is always there and you you can't really, you can't kill her because she's kind of connected to your brainstem and your limbic system and you know, the um, more primitive ways of thinking that we have mm. and so there's always going to be this lingering sense of gee, maybe I can't be 100% confident but what what you can do is make a conscious and purposeful decision to draw that line in the sand and say, all of the uncertainty comes from my she-devil. And I, I'm going to be 100% confident, and my she-devil is going to be responsible for all of the doubt. And that way, you start to affect a much stronger separation between you and your she-devil, and you're much more likely to recognize, hear, and be able to ignore what she has to say. Does that make sense? It does. And the more you're talking, like the more I'm like, you know, absolutely, I can commit to this. Like I can absolutely, all I need to do is have one smoothie in the morning. I eat vegetables for dinner like every single day. So I can do this. And my health is more important. You know? I I think you can do it. I, I believe I you can do it. Yeah. I feel like I can. All right, I'm in. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reach out to you a year from now and let you know how it goes. So. Please do. Please yeah, do. I will. We could repeat the call a year from now. That would be fun. Um, so let me ask you a question. How confident are you that between now and the day that you die, you're going to have four servings of vegetables every day? A hundred percent. I'm in. There you go. Yeah. There you go. This is great. That's how we do it. So this is your coaching and your book and this is amazing. This is what we do. This is very cool. Yeah. So I'm going back here and I can, hold on, I'm going to make a note of it. 40 minutes in. I'm just going back and looking at the sheet and I can edit some of this out here. Did you want me to go over any of these questions? I mean, we kind of went over the ending. You don't have to. It's totally up to you. Um, I'd, I'd like to tell them where they can get the book for free and whatnot. But um, Okay, so I'll just go into... All right, so Glenn, how can people learn more about you and the book? Where can they get that? The book is available for free at neverbingeagain.com. What you'll also find at neverbingeagain.com if you sign up for the reader bonuses, which are free, um, is you'll get, oh, about 
two dozen of these coaching sessions on various different topics. Um, you'll you'll hear recordings of them. So some people make conditional rules, some people make stricter rules, some people focus on gluten or you know bagels or or um, chocolate or pizza. So whatever you happen to crave, you will probably hear someone go through it. We've got a whole bunch of starter food plans that are samples for you know just about any diet. So um, you know I happen to be more of like a whole foods plant based person, but we have food plans for paleo diets, and you know I'm not I'm not pushing my particular way of of eating. Um, and it's it's all at Never Binge Again, NeverBingeAgain.com. The the book that'll lead you to the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and. Um, the electronic versions are free. The paperback versions are inexpensive. And just go to neverbingeagain.com. That's all you need to do. That's fantastic. And for anybody that's driving or possibly working out while you're listening to this, I'm going to go ahead and include those links in the show notes too. So if you weren't able to get and write that down, neverbingeagain.com, I'll have it in the show notes. Um, Melissa, that's really good because they could also be too busy eating vegetables, right? It, absolutely. And hopefully you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you are. I'm excited about this. I actually just met with somebody yesterday. He wants to lose 10 pounds and he was struggling with it. So I'm not going to say his name and call him out on here. However, after I get off with here, I'm going to text him with your link too. Cool. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? Um, you know, I think we primarily covered it. I The little slogan that I like to, it's a disruptive slogan. I like people to know that all they really need to do to never binge again is never binge again. You need to cl clarify what that means to them, what the rule is, clarify what their own personal she-devil is saying about that rule, clarify the benefits of never binging again, like you heard Melissa do today, and then never binge again. And if you make a mistake, then you never binge again. Um, that's, that's how it works. All right. What did you think? I hope that this episode was valuable for you in, in I'm sure it was in so many ways. Um, come on back to the show notes, addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash episode 22. And I have a whole host of information for you on Dr. Glenn, where you can find him, how you can find his book for free and so much more. Um, so come on back to the show notes. I also want to thank everyone that's left a review on iTunes. That is how more people are finding us. And I really appreciate you for doing that. I also have 10 reviews right now. And ideally in iTunes, you want to have at least 20 to 25 before they start to see you as someone who's really doing anything. And so um, I'm hoping that if this podcast has inspired you in any way or helped you in any way that you'd be willing to take about five minutes and go leave a review on iTunes. I have a web, uh, a web page and a video that I created to show you how to do that in case you've tried and it's been a little tricky. So I'll have that in the show notes for you as well, but I am asking for that so that more people can find us as always. I love you. I see you surrounded with light and love, and I'm excited to talk to you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode of Addiction Support Podcast, please share it on social media and or email it to your friends. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Addiction Support Podcast. Addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. www.addictionsupportpodcast.com